Hardy's Axe of the Jaguars headed to, to make a big gamble at number one overall in the 2022 NFL Draft. Who are players that we are hoping are not drafted by the Steelers, the Ravens, or the Bengals? And will the Baker-Mayfield saga end this weekend during the 2022 NFL Draft? All that and more on your latest Locked on Browns. You are Locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast. Brought to you by the Locked On Browns. I'm sorry, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. It is draft week on Locked On Browns. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts we appreciate everybody next lockdown browns their first listen day in day out we're going to sit down here today with sports illustrated's pete smith four days away as the nfl draft 2022 style from las vegas kicks off thursday night browns currently without a pick in the first round uh, we'll see how that plays thursday browns to select their make their first selection number 44 overall scheduled at this time that would be friday evening Pete, first off, a little late shift here in the betting odds for the number one overall selection. Uh, are the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, hopefully maybe trying to catch lightning in a bottle here by maybe switching the selection from Aiden Hutchinson to possibly Trayvon Walker, uber talented athlete out of Georgia? The production, not ideal by any means to be the number one overall selection, did get some more reps later in the year as playing a true edge. Is Jacksonville going to uh, basically tempt fate here, Pete, and maybe go for the unknown mystery box with the first overall selection? Uh, it's possible. Uh, they may be going off the idea that if they don't take Trevon Walker, uh, that he goes off and, and – is everything that the athletic traits suggest he could be. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big swing. Um, and if you miss, you come up with nothing for that pick. So um, it's, it's quite the gamble, but with their situation, they may be comfortable with that. Um, Trent Balky has done that type of thing before. Um, you know, personally, I, I think, the criticism of Aiden Hutchinson is a little bit over overblown. He's really good, but uh, you know, he's not miles Garrett and um, maybe he's not chase, you know, maybe he's chase young, maybe he's not. Um, so I, I sort of understand the idea that you're, you're sitting there going, we have the number one overall pick. We need to come away with a franchise cornerstone and maybe they view it as Trevon Walker's the only one that can sort of reach that level. Uh, which theoretically he can, but um, the production, the complete inability to rush the passer at this point, um, make you question that immediately and and see, you know, wonder if it's ever going to happen. I mean, you were on a line with, you know, 
uh, 36-year-old Devontae Wyatt, you know, a 500-pound Jordan Davis, and the other dude, the other dude who's like the best prospect of the bunch, allegedly. Um, and you you did nothing in that aspect of the game. So it's it's tough. Um, we'll see. I, I I could absolutely see a team doing that. Jacksonville may be the team that does it just because they have so little to lose at this point. Pete, I mean, and maybe this is a year where Jacksonville can get away with it. Cause I mean, as you said, look, you know, every year when we're talking about, you know, top five of any NFL draft, it's usually, you know, names little, you know, littered there would be quarterbacks. That's not the case this year. Um, and as you said, look, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, even in an off year where you don't have quarterbacks that are going to go early and high in the first round, I don't know if this is a, this is obviously a class where you really can't point a finger and, you know, with quarterbacks, you know, you could say, Oh, well, you know, this team liked him. He fit them better. Da 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 da. And you could talk about that with two or three guys, but you're looking at this class. I mean, in, I don't even know, you know, if we could say that there would be a player in a normally strong draft class within this group that maybe would even be normally top three, top five in some recent drafts. I would take Aiden Hutchinson in the top three, top five, easy. Um, I, you know, he has the he has all the earmarks of a guy who can be an All Pro. So, you know, in terms of historical data and stuff, if you if you get into the stuff like Jim Coburn does, uh, he has everything, um, and he's not the only one. George Karlaftis is in the same boat. Um, so, I don't have any issue with taking Aiden Hutchinson number one overall. Zero. Um, I think he's a terrific player. I think the idea that I've heard people suggest that in, in, in a last year's class, he wouldn't have been a top 10 pick. I think that's insane. Um, he's outstanding. So um, I, I would take him without a second thought um, if I, if I were the Jaguars, but um, you know, you get, you get worried that those traits aren't good enough or whatever, or his arms are too short or any other crap that, um, doesn't change the fact he was the, the best, you know, arguably the best football player uh, in the country this past year in college football. Him and then the kid from Alabama uh, could have had arguments to 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 win the Heisman. Um, you know, so w- whatever. The the bottom line is like I, I get look I get it. Trevon Walker athletically is Miles Garrett. Um, he just doesn't play like him, uh, which. You know that's how rare that is, and that's why Miles Garrett's arguably the best defensive end in, in football, and, and Trevon Walker is this giant question mark and a, and a huge gamble. Uh, but to your point, overall, um, this class has a lot of question marks um, in, in this. In, you know, in terms of top talent, there are a few guys that I, I think are are going to be really good. Um, unfortunately, I think some of them are going to end up in our division. Um, so that's <laughs> troubling, but. There are some there are some legitimate guys. There are some guys that 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 do have some question marks. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is like 2013, where the bust rate for this class is pretty high. Uh it's definitely gonna be interesting the way it all unfolds. Um here we are. You know, we seem to be, you know, you know, three and a half days away and we still have no consensus on who's gonna go number one overall. 
Uh, you know, Jacksonville, I, I'm sure Jacksonville in a perfect world would, you know, would love for this to be a draft where they could maneuver, maneuver with the Jets or the Giants, two teams with two selections in the top 10, um, you know, create more, uh, you know, players, a deeper length in the roster down in Jacksonville. This just isn't the class to do it. Jaguars holding number one pick and have to make the selection. It's going to come down to Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker. Um, come Thursday night, and either one of those will be your newest Jacksonville Jaguar. We're going to get back to here. Pete brought up the AFC North. We're going to get into the AFC North here, talk about, you know, maybe selections we would like to not see made for the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, all that more coming on your latest Locked on Browns. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because it's really difficult to take the actual amount of vitamins that one would need to be able to take them, sit down and take all those vitamins a little bit heavy on the belly. It's a little bit easier. Uh, Athletic Greens comes in a powder. Pour it into your water. Drink it with your coffee. Next thing you know, you have got your daily requirement. So what exactly is it? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. As I said, it was just too much to take the actual amount pill-wise, vitamin-wise, what you need to take for a day. This goes down a lot easier. I I suggested it to Mrs. Lloyd. She has been taking it, getting her day started as she goes off to the high school every day to battle with all of the teenagers that she has to deal with. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and it ended up on a complicated supplement routine to try and recover from all of it. It was costing him over $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experience how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on his own, Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects projecting old-growth rainforests. For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in the need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. In 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health. And arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Pete, as we look maybe here to the AFC North, and as you brought them up, I did want to discuss this here a little bit today. Um, in the AFC North, obviously Browns would have been picking, uh, uh, 13 Browns traded the pick for Deshaun Watson. The Ravens will pick 14th. The Steelers will pick 20th. The Bengals will pick 31st. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens, Pete. What is the least ideal situation for the future, uh, future of the Cleveland Browns for the Baltimore Ravens with selection 14 overall? It's Carl Loftus. It's not even close. Um, 
if the Browns still had 13th pick, that would be the guy I'd want. Um, he is young. He's, I think he just turned 21. Um, yep. He April 5th, something like that. Yeah. Super productive. He has a tremendous athletic profile as a power, uh, power edge player. Uh, he is incredibly disruptive. Um, he just does all the things that, you know, that could be a, a really good player other than being able to sort of run the arc, um, which you can decide how important that is. But the bottom line is I, I, I would hate to see him across from Adolfe Owe um, on that defensive line. The the Ravens have, have to um, and are in the process of getting younger in their front seven. Their defensive line is, is, is old. Um, their edge players are old. Obviously they transitioned out from a couple guys, um, when they moved to OA last year, but, uh, Carl Loftus has the, you know, the, the goods to just be an absolute nightmare, um, it, which fits perfectly for in this division. Um, you know, you could make an argument, I guess, um, that what happens if, you know, God forbid, like Garrett Wilson is sitting there or, you know, Somebody like that, you know, maybe they 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 take uh, a guy like uh, uh, the receiver from Alabama, uh, hoping that he's going to you know be healthy mm-hmm. enough to contribute maybe the second half of the season. Uh, that's fine. Uh, certainly, those those could make them a more dangerous offense. But if you're just asking me, what's the biggest thing I don't want to have to deal with? It's the prospect of Karloftis and Oa both being really good off the edges in the AFC North. Now, I'd be more scared if I'm the Bengals, but um, just because of the way, but, 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 you know, they've gotten better with their offensive line, but the problem, and and I guess this is now true of the Browns. Um, both teams have quarterbacks who like to hold onto the ball a really long time and it can work out for the best. Both guys, both, both Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow can create with the ball in their hands and, and holding onto the ball uh, longer than, than maybe it would be preferred but they can also end up getting themselves sacked as a result um, for the same thing. And Karloftis is a, you know, among the other things he can do, he's a hustle guy who's going to keep playing. Uh, so yeah, Karloftis is, is an absolute nightmare. Um, like I said, if the Browns still had that 13th pick, that would be the guy um, that, that I would, that I would, would have wanted for this team. He's perfect in a lot of ways for what they want to do. You know, looking at the Ravens here, you know, offensively, you know, a lot of talk about you know, where the offense was last year, um, but you're going to return your running backs and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Um, you're looking and believing, obviously, that, you know, Lamar Jackson last year was an injury-riddled season. He will come back and start performing closer to the level of his MVP play. Um, and you look at, you know, what, you know, Pittsburgh notwithstanding, you know, you look at Cincinnati, obviously the offense is the 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 engine in Cincinnati, you've got to find a way to keep up with that. One day, to, one way to do that, obviously, is you know adapt the Brown style, where you know, hopefully you can get a lot of pass rush on Joe Burrow and you know disrupt him, keep him off his game. Um, you know, for the Browns, it's going to be the same type of thing. It's you know you're going to have to get some pressure. Better quarterback in the situation now. Uh, you know, the offensive line, you know, only looks like there's going to be one new starter in the center position for the Browns. Most likely, Nick Harris taking over for the part of J.C. Treader, um, to disrupting. 
the quarterback flow, disrupting the timing, getting the quarterback off the spot are things that teams are going to need to do to be successful in the AFC North. Um, and for the Ravens, you're just hoping that, you know, everybody coming back healthy will improve the offensive side of the ball. But it's, you know, time to improve the pass rush in Baltimore. And let's hope it's not George Carl Loftus, but something of that nature most likely appears what's going to be headed to Baltimore. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Pete. Um, finally here, it's an interesting scenario. Mike Tomlin has been Mike Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh forever. Mike Tomlin inherited Ben Roethlisberger. We're not really sure what Mike Tomlin is truly looking for in a quarterback. Um, again, this is a class that doesn't offer a lot of options. It seems that Mike Tomlin really, really likes Malik Willis. I don't know how that essentially works out going from 20, being able to get up striking distance for there. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pete, is the quarterback room good enough to go this year? Is quarterback the route, the most likely route for Pittsburgh to go? Or is there something they can do here and maybe see where the roster is as a whole in the first year post Ben Roethlisberger? Um, I, like the guy who scares the crap out of me is Malik Willis. Um, even if you're saying it's a five to ten percent chance he reaches, um, you know the the, the potential uh with with his traits i mean you're making the josh allen argument with him that you get the guy you commit to him and you develop him and you hope that he can reach you know he can make the 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 dramatic improvements that allen made in buffalo after not you know was not good at wyoming you know in the same way that malik willis has not been particularly good at liberty but the steelers are a team that's really good in terms of um, taking their time and and not you know bailing on things, whether it's coaches or uh, front office. So they have the ability to to take their time with a guy, a guy like Malik Willis. So that part of part scares me. Um, maybe there's a maybe there's a position player that that they could take that makes a ton of sense for them in the first round and come back and get another quarterback, maybe in the second round, but. I can't think of anyone where I'm sitting there going, this is the guy that that worries me in terms of who they might be able to take. Maybe, you know, and I don't think the Browns are going to do this, but or the Steelers are going to do this. But what if, you know, what if they're a team that, like, would take David Ajabo, uh, you know, and, and basically shelve him for a year to then play across from T.J. Watt? Now, Obviously, they'd be giving up a year of his rookie deal, which is not a deal. But <clears throat> if they don't love, if they don't love Alex Highsmith, even though they he's a valuable player, um, they could try to get sort of the ultimate, you know, rush package uh, across from um, across from Watt. Uh, maybe there's an argument there, but to me, you know, the the thing that would make the Steelers scary is having a, uh, a, a, a big-time quarterback. And uh, the only thing we know is that uh, that uh, Mike Tomlin wants somebody with some mobility, wants the ability to create with the ball in their hands, and Malik Willis can do that. Maybe they like Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think they do. Uh, it, and given that we don't know if Malik Willis is going to last that long, he could theoretically go in the top ten. Who knows? But uh, Malik Willis just – has the potential to to be a, a a terrifying presence, you know. Even if even if it's overwhelmingly unlikely that he's ever going to reach it, um, that that's that's the the guy that sort of I think scares me the most. 
The thing with Malik Willis, obviously, I mean, it's the overall athletic ability. You know the arm strength is there. Um, it'll take time for him to reach his ceiling, even if he does reach his ceiling. Um, you know, the legs can carry him early in his career like we saw with Lamar Jackson and at times still with Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. Again, I, I don't know necessarily of the realistic factor. Um, you know, I think Seattle's probably maybe a team to monitor here. Who knows? Um, Desmond Ritter, um, you're getting a player who's not – you know, not the true runner can run. You're getting a player with a ton of experience was maybe something that might suit Pittsburgh a little bit better as a transition should hopefully go quicker with a player like Desmond Ritter. Granted, again, you know, uh, you know, not the runner, uh, not the overall arm strength of a Malik Willis, but a guy who showed really, really well in his years in Cincinnati and in a year where you are not sure on the quarterback class. You kind of know what Desmond Ritter is, and that may just be good enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 31st overall Cincinnati Bengals coming off a hell of a run, um, basically turning it on down the stretch, playing smart football in the playoffs, playing smart defensive football, bend but don't break defense, giving their offense, giving their excellent rookie kicker an opportunity to keep them in games with the opportunity to win games. Got them to within basically the final minute of the Super Bowl, coming up short against the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of work has been done this offseason on the offensive line. Yes, they brought in new names. I'm not necessarily sure you know the level of play of this offensive line is going to be as much better as people think it is for what was put into it. Pete, what's the Bengals scenario here? Certainly still could probably use help on the defensive side of the ball here. Are they confident and enough that they did enough on the on the offensive line to protect Burrow and allow him to be able to put up numbers like this? Where where is the fear factor, so to speak, here for the Cincinnati Bengals picking thirty first? For me, it's Tyler Linderbaum. Um, he's an exceptionally gifted center um, in a weird universe where center has become super undervalued. Um, I, certainly, I understand you 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 don't want to have to take them super high. But, you know, we just watched this last year where the Chiefs end up with a phenomenal center who's like basically all pro right out of the gate in Creed Humphrey. Um, the Bengals passed on him um, for 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 uh, Jackson Carmen, um, which mm. looks awful right now. But they will have they will potentially have their chance to sort of redeem themselves, take Linderbaum then be able to move the uh, what Ted Karras to, to guard, have Alex Kappa play the other guard. And then you've got what Lyle Collins and, and Jonah Williams. Um, and, and you'd have Linderbaum under contract for five years. Um, you, there's some people who think Logan Hall might be a consideration for the Bengals. He certainly fits some of the things they like to do. Um, but Linderbaum being able to protect Burrow more effectively, being able to give them another interior run blocker that can be really helpful. Uh, that's where it is for me. Uh, you know, if, if the Browns ever find defensive tackles that are worth a damn, um, you would like to be able to get some inside rush presence. Um, and, and, you know, if they put Clowney in there, uh, for example, given, given uh, if he's resigned and, and given where the, the, the Bengals strength might be offensive line wise, uh, you want to be able to put immediate pressure, collapse the pocket, all those things against Burrow. That's, you know, Linderbaum gives you that. Um, Burrow is sort of like what Mayfield was in his rookie year where he got really good at being able to sort of count on um, being able to, to, to deal with pressure, 
from edge edge rushers being able to move up in the pocket and navigate that pretty well. Um, but interior pressure is just difficult to deal with. Uh, if you if you can get guys being able to cause a problem in, inside, it just allows guys like Miles Garrett and others to to have that much bigger of an impact. So Tyler Linderbaum is scary from that standpoint. Um, it, it protects what they need the most. You know, they, Burrow has taken seven thousand sacks so far in his career. Uh, <laughs> he is on the way to being um, out of the league in five years if if they they can't sort of deal with this. So anything they can throw at the offensive line is going to be better than what they've had. But Linderbaum is is way better than being potentially the 31st pick in the draft. Yeah, certainly something to watch for here as the Bengals are going to have to hopefully, uh, you know, fortify that offensive line, allow Joe Burrow to continue the magic of the 2021 season for the Cincinnati Bengals here. We're going to get some Browns draft talk here um, and some thoughts here on where the Browns are headed for, um, you know, the limited, amount of picks they have um certainly not big strong picks but we're gonna get to all that here your latest lockdown brown sports illustrated's pete smith in the house this is the time of year that i pretty much give it up on all my new year's resolutions but not this year i am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to bill bar it almost feel like it's not really a resolution because i really enjoy eating them have you tried the puffs if you haven't you are missing out on one of bill bar's best tasting bars Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. 100% real chocolate low in calorie high in protein replace your candy bars with these they are better typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories go to built.com scroll down the macros chart you'll be blown away they're high in protein low in calorie high in fiber low in carb but most of the bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein basically your regular candy bars have two three even five times the amount of all those things mint brownie coconut coconut almond and new for this month white chocolate cookies and cream they are all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time if they think a flavor might be good they'll make it it'll be delicious and it'll be healthy at Bill Bar, they're all about the taste they make it taste delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy i don't know how but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Pete, we have a tweet here today from Ian Rappaport this morning in regards to the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, fantastic weekend down in Norman, Oklahoma. Statue going up as a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Whatever, you know, the thoughts on Baker Mayfield here in Cleveland, still highly loved in Norman, Oklahoma. But from Rap Sheet, the Panthers are not expected to trade for Baker Mayfield prior to the first round of the NFL draft, sources say, if they do at all. Thursday has to play out for first before any other options are considered. Carolina picks six overall. Um, so, Pete, it does. this is obviously still a huge, huge elephant in the room here for the Cleveland Browns. Does this weekend see the end of Baker Mayfield's time with the Cleveland Browns officially. 
Uh, there's a good chance. Um, if you think about it, if if you know we get through the first round, um, you could see them negotiating a trade on Friday during the day before before uh, the draft gets going again. Um, the problem here is that the Browns completely screwed this up and I don't think it's necessarily their fault. Um, the second they got Deshaun Watson on the team, they lost a lot of leverage. Then they made this contract, um, which has pissed off everyone in the league. I think a lot of that is childish, but nevertheless exists. So you have all these teams that are either already set at quarterback or, are essentially whining to themselves that they don't want to have to pay for or pay all this money for to help the Browns out. So for whatever reason, and, and I'm sure Mayfield hasn't helped himself on this either, but he is a perfectly good quarterback for teams like Carolina and Seattle and some of these other teams. Detroit, Tennessee. I think I think Tennessee would absolutely love to have Mayfield. They just can't afford him at this price. Same with Tampa Bay. Um, so as a result. If you, you know, if you can get the Browns to eat $10 million of this, of the 18.8 million, um, certainly that makes the, 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 it more palatable and you get a draft pick and whatever. But the problem here is this costs the Browns $20 million next year. If, if we just use that as an example, and that is an absolute huge amount of money um, for a team that seems to be, in a perfect world looking to roll over something like $35 million um, in this for this off season to help them. Thing. And again, if, you know, maybe Deshaun's Watson's camp was too fast on the whole thing, letting this get out. Um, but if there was some way for the Browns to trade Mayfield before, you know, this thing with Watson was official, I don't think we'd be talking about the money and, and maybe the Browns don't get a haul necessarily, but um, they would have gotten far more than, than they're getting now. Like I said, Mayfield probably hasn't helped himself with some of what he's done, but that doesn't change the fact he's a good quarterback um, in, in a, in a draft that stinks at quarterback. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Carolina obviously stands out. Carolina is screwed on multiple fronts. One, they need to win now because they just have not done anything so far. Um, but they also don't have a second-round pick. So if you take a quarterback who may not be able to help you right now and then you can't pick in the second round, this draft is going to have a really difficult time helping you, helping a, a coach and potentially front office that needs to win. And I think the perfect scenario for Carolina is to find a way to trade back from six if they can, which is going to be difficult. No one wants to move up in this draft that we've seen. If they can move back and get a little bit of extra ammo uh, in this draft and then use, you know, a pick probably from next year to get Mayfield, that's a pretty good situation. But like I said, the the it's not necessarily the Browns' fault because they weren't going to like – go no 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 hold on a second Deshaun we're gonna we're gonna hang out here and we need to get this thing done even though that would have benefited the most they wanted to get this deal done they weren't gonna make you know give him a chance to sort of change his mind or any of this other stuff 
but this is sort of what has happened. And like everybody's saying this is like a, a big, you know, referendum on Mayfield and, and maybe it is to some point. Um, but you know, that's like saying Amari Cooper is only worth a fifth round pick. He's not, it's just, that's what leverage does. It allows you to sort of get a player that, um, certainly value worth more than that because they had a, a contract number that didn't work and they had to move him. So the Browns get a, a, a pretty good player for a fifth round pick in the same way that because of this, the Browns may give up a perfectly good starting quarterback uh, to a team like Carolina for practically nothing. It's going to be a difficult situation. And look, for all intents and purposes, I think the Browns are comfortable with this and understand the way this is going to work out. Once you made that move for Deshaun Watson, you lost every bit of leverage you had regarding Baker Mayfield and as far as trading him. Um, are they going to have to probably pay a large portion of Baker Mayfield's salary for 2022 to go be a member of somebody else's football team? Most likely. Um, you know, they'll get some compensation in return, um, kind of a rever- reverse Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler type of thing here for the Browns. Um, but uh, again, look, you know, Pete and I have never wavered on this, you know, whatever your feelings were on Baker Mayfield there in 2021, um, you know, there's still a quarterback in there. There's still a player in there. There's still a fighter in there. There's still a leader in there. Um, And Carolina with no second round pick really needs to fortify that offensive line. So to draft a quarterback at six without fortifying the offensive line certainly isn't going to do that quarterback any, um, any justice, any assistance. So, you know, for Carolina, for me, it looks pretty simple is to, you know, draft an offensive tackle at number six overall, get Baker Mayfield in here somehow, some way, and you've done what you can for your offense. Now it's in the hands of Matt Rule. Pete, uh, Browns 44, 44 uh, 78, you know, whatever the, that pick is now, 100, 105, wherever the, it's floating around mm-hmm. there. That is where the damage can be done for Andrew Barry. What kind of haul are we expecting for the Cleveland Browns with the top three selections they have in this draft? Well, in all things being equal, I think they're going to take a defensive end in the second round. Personally, I think it's going to be Drake Jackson from USC. Um, and then if you become, hadn't read that here, I'll, I'll give Pete the plug. Check out Browns Digest. Pete highly suggested where they could use Drake Jackson in their in their defensive scheme. But go ahead, sir. Um, then I think they're probably going to get. Uh, wide receiver helps somewhere. I, I, you know, it may not be with those other two third round picks, but certainly that's going to be an interest uh, to them. If there's a guy there that they like, they're going to grab him. You know, I love Khalil Shakir, for example. Um, I think he'd be perfect for that. Um, but they also need safety help. They also need, uh, they could use, more defensive line help they, you know, on the edge. I, this defensive tackle class continues to stink. Um, they're not, there are no <laughs> answers in the class. Um, so, you know, you, you could look at tight end. You could look at um, a few other, other spots on this team running back. I, 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 I'm fascinated by what Andrew Barry said in his press conference, talking about how um, he expects, uh, Dearness Johnson to be back here because the Browns have had at least two running backs in for visits, and maybe they've come to the conclusion that eh, we like Dearness Johnson more than we like the backs in this draft. But nevertheless, they've had backs in, they've looked at running backs. 
Um, unless there's some weird scenario where they're looking to trade Kareem Hunt, I don't think that's too likely. So we'll see. Running back could be a, an option, um, but probably not with those two picks. So like I said, defensive end and wide receiver are the two positions that that stand out the most with those three picks. Those are two two positions that you you have to imagine the Browns are going to come out with uh, addressing in some former fashion if they can get a safety to, to to start working behind one they just need safety depth period but two they you know ronnie harrison's back on that one year minimum deal to try to rebuild his value um i i think they're going to want to put somebody in in the pipeline to sort of be ready to to uh take over that role and just be able to provide depth they want those combo guys they can do a little bit of everything um so that's a position that certainly stands out to me. Uh, but tight end is just the sort of this ever present threat um, where the Browns are always in the market. If a guy like, you know, Greg Dulcich is sitting there at 99, um, I would be hard pressed to pass on him. They might even like him enough at 78. That seems a little unlikely, but is nevertheless possible. Uh, it's, Going to be a lot more difficult without the first round pick. Um, you know, 32 names going off the board, most likely 12 names going off the board on Friday night in round two before the Browns can get to business. If you're the Browns, you'd love to see the quarterbacks go. You'd love to see the offensive tackles go. You'd love to see teams um, draft, maybe overdraft these defensive tackles. Um it's things you're looking for for the Browns to play out here. As many of the clutter of the stuff that you are not interested in getting drafted before the Browns do get on the clock here. Certainly looking edge, certainly looking wide receiver here. Um, you know, safety is a wild card here. The Browns love them. Tight end, probably a wild card here. Um, you know, good safety class, good tight end class. These are positions that the Brent Cleveland Browns love. They covet. They'd like as many of them as possible. So you usually look for teams to you know, be shopping in a market that tends to what they cater in. And for the Browns, safety and tight end, certainly one not to sleep on. Everybody knows the issues at edge. Everybody knows they'd like to get one more wide receiver in here um, <clears throat> to make sure that, you know, there's a help in case a Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't take that next step, although he has taken the first two steps in his first two years in the NFL, uh, that you can get Anthony Schwartz to give you some sort of vertical Will Fuller type of effect on your offense. Um, all stuff for Andrew Berry and the front office to consider here as we are about three and a half days away from the beginning of the 2022 NFL draft. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. Uh, obviously be a busy week over there for you know, Pete and the crew, tons of content coming out here. And then of course, all the coverage of the 2022 NFL draft, Cleveland Browns wise, so make sure you're following all that. Make sure you're all reading it again, Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith, underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd show itself at Lockdown Browns follow back account DMs are open appreciate everybody makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in day out wherever you get your podcast make sure you're following subscribed to the Lockdown Browns podcast leave those five star ratings written reviews we are days away from the beginning of the 2022 NFL draft Cleveland Browns certainly got work to do we'll see the way it all plays out we will be back again with you all tomorrow for what has been this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Brown.